Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. In many travels, you know, obviously, if you say you're Australian, people will mention koalas and kangaroos. You know, there are these sort of um, trinkets associated with any country. And so I kind of wonder about how that whole process comes together in terms of how the country or, you know, a person or a town or actually sees their self and then how it's also perceived from the outside. Hi, I'm Zoya Patel. I'm a writer and editor. And this is Book It In, a show about the big ideas behind great books. Today, I'm talking to author Yumna Kassab. She's recently published a novel called Australiana. Most of it is set in rural Australia in a nameless country town. This is very different to her last novel, The House of Yusuf, which is based in the suburbs of Western Sydney. But in both of these books, Yumna explores the universal experience of inequality, whether that be inequality between countries, rural and urban towns, genders or class. So I wanted to talk to Yumna because both her books left me pondering how we imagine Australia and what it is to be Australian through literature. I kind of want to have a sense or get a better understanding of how you saw the rural Australia that you were part of and how that fed into this book. Because when I read the title Australiana, I immediately had all these ideas of what that would look like. And I think people do kind of come to that with a set of assumptions. Um, To you, what does Australiana mean to you? I know that the inspiration from the title actually came from an author you love. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so the the working title was My Face is Nameless, which I think is the second section in the book. But I had this sort of, you know, little voice in the back of my head and the idea is I don't think that necessarily unifies all the pieces. And so I was kind of on the lookout. I was waiting for the, you know, the proper title. And so I um, I really love Don DeLillo and one of the things I like to do is once I become very interested in a writer, you know, I go read, you know, their interviews or watch their interviews. And his first book is actually called Americana. And the reason he's called it Americana was that he made this sort of decision very early on as a novelist that he wanted to write from the whole canvas. So he wanted to use everything within his country in his writing. And I think in some ways on a very personal writerly level, Australiana for me also works in the same way. And the minute I had that, you know, that as a title, it does definitely unify all the pieces um, in the book. Do you agree that there's a traditional idea of what Australiana can be? How does this book maybe trouble the way that people expect to read about Australiana. Yeah. So when, again, I was thinking about the title and it's a very old uh, obsession of mine and it's how we represent things. And it's also about how, say, a country represents itself and how it's also perceived. You know, every country has a 
there are certain things that are associated with, you know, a country. Um, in many travels, you know, obviously if you say you're Australian, people will mention koalas and kangaroos. You know, there are these sort of, um, I'll say trinkets associated with any country. And so I kind of wonder about how that whole process comes together in terms of how the country or, you know, a person or a town or actually sees their self and then how it's also perceived from the outside. And I think one of the things I was wondering was, well, how is it that we have this sort of sense that, yeah, you know, the typical Australian is probably, you know, quite rugged, they're probably outdoorsy, um, but the reality is that 75% of us live in cities and a lot of us don't actually venture out of those cities. Um, so, yeah, it is also, you know, by calling it Australiana, it is a bit of a statement, yeah, that this is perhaps one part of Australia. And I think this does also go with the House of Yusuf and um, I think every every country or any society has great complexity and there are sort of these bubbles, but meanwhile the actual big image, um, yeah, there tend to be a lot of stereotypes around the, you know, how things are presented. Do you think that having some diversity in your own experience, you know, having a cultural background that is separate or has always been said to be separate from that idea of the mythical Australia gives you a different way of looking at the country towns that you've been in? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. But I think no matter what a person's say, background, education, circumstances, um, you know, they obviously always bring something to wherever they are. Um, uh, you know, for example, two people go on the same trip and they come away with two very different uh, conclusions. Um, I think, you know, I think it did definitely help having spent quite a bit of time, you know, doing lots of um, different road trips. Um, but, yeah, I think a person, no matter what their what their background is, really takes themselves wherever they go. What kind of road trips did you take? Um, I think, well, very, very recently I have never been to Adelaide up until January. So I drove over the summer holidays from Sydney to Adelaide across two days. Um, and, again, it was just for that sense of space and to be really out in the world, I guess. Um, so that was a very recent one. And, you know, I haven't done a road trip like that um, in the last two years because of the pandemic. But, yeah, there have always been a lot of drives and I find that it's actually fantastic for writing the stories. And a lot of the Australiana stories were actually written or thought up when I was actually driving. And so usually I, a line would sort of appear or um, and I would basically pull over at the next stop and that's where the stories were actually written. Um, yeah, so I think that if it hadn't been for a lot of the road trips also more recently in and around Tamworth, um, I had a sort of probably like a four-hour driving radius. Yeah, a lot of the stories in Australiana probably wouldn't exist. I absolutely love the image of you having to pull over on the side of the highway to get a note down for a story. Does every writer have to have a kind of an observational mindset of wanting to gather all those little details and, and squirrel them away and pull over on the side of the highway to write them down so that you can recreate them? I think it is very important to be observing and um, to be sort of paying attention. And in some ways, um, I think for me, the big shift uh, with House of Yusuf is I've been writing probably now for 18 years, almost every single day. And 
the the big change was when I wrote that first story in House of Yusuf was I noticed that a lot of things in Parramatta, um, which is sort of, you know, roughly where I call home, that a lot of it was disappearing, a lot of it was actually changing. And that's probably where my focus to, well, what is exactly happening in my immediate surroundings and wanting to sort of document it in a way. So I do think there is that... um, yeah, I I think I probably suffer from quite a bit of nostalgia and I really do like to keep things in their place. And so in some ways there are lots of details buried in Australiana that are very very specific references to things that I, you know, that really um, stood out for me. So you wrote Australiana while you were in Tamworth um, where you lived and you also worked there for three years as a teacher what appeals to you about the country town and what did you like about living there? Because I think there's a lot of warmth for kind of country Australia in Australiana. Yeah, I um, I think Australia is a great country to be on the ground in. You know, it's a very massive country. It's quite different, say, to Lebanon, which is a tiny country and very easy to cover. And so I've always done a lot of road trips. And I remember I used to get into these very, um, we'll call them debates with my students, and they were wondering what exactly I was doing in Tamworth. Why didn't I just stay in the city? But I've always really liked that sense of, um, the sense of space and also the sense of community. And in many ways, even though it is in Australia, it reminded me a lot of, say, the connectedness um, in the place where my parents are from in Lebanon, that it is a very sort of interconnected community. I felt a lot of the time reading both The House of Yusuf and Australiana that I almost felt like I was sitting on your shoulder and you were observing these worlds kind of come to life around you and observing these little vignettes of different people's lives and we get a bit of a window and then we move on to the next thing. What is it about the short story form and that kind of vignette way of writing that draws you so much? But it is quite different um, to, I guess, what people might expect from a short story collection. I think that in terms of the origin of storytelling, I think the origin is very much with um, shorter stories. I really do like fables and, you know, that is also one of the other reasons why I don't necessarily like to really name things because I feel like it bolts things to the ground and then reduces the scope for interpretation. Um, I think if I'm to, you know, have a bit of distance from my writing and to think about what it's actually about, um, I am very interested in individuals living their lives but also what their connection to their community is, whether it's good or bad. Um, and I think that's quite hard to portray if you've got just one big story arc. And I suppose um, I really am very interested in how people think about the world, how they connect with the world and the people around them, um, the landscape and so on. And, yeah, I think it's just one way to have a bit of nuance and to be, um, you know, to have many layers or to actually show the many layers in any community. I really like the way that when you read Australiana, it feels like one experience. So even though there's lots of different stories, there's this strand of commonality that kind of goes through them. How do you actually go about writing a book like this? Uh, I, I don't think that there's um, many. Pl- there's much plotting or planning. Um, I've been very obsessed with Roberto Bolaño quite recently, and one of the things that sort of stands out with him is that he builds a universe. And I think the thing that really intrigues me um, with his work is that 
certain characters appear in many different stories. He's definitely, he tends to set a lot of his stories in Mexico, also Europe, but the actual place, they, you know, tend to travel quite a bit. But I feel that no matter what book of his I read, that it is actually within the same world that I know from his other books. What I've sort of realised is that perhaps if I'm to look at this, say, maybe hopefully 10 books, 20 books down the track, that it is a a continuous work. And um, I sort of see the distinction between House of Yusuf and Australiana mainly to do with the setting. There were other stories that I was writing around the time of Australiana and the reason they were not in this book is just because they were set somewhere else. And so the decision was pretty much made around the setting. How do you decide what you're going to write next? Because it sounds like setting is such a big part of what holds everything together. Are you always looking for the next kind of place that's going to inspire a ream of stories? Uh, not really. I, I don't go really searching for it. Um, I sometimes joke and say that there is a muse. And so generally with the drives, um, there would be a line that Yeah, that would, let's say it appeared and that's when I thought, okay, well, this is a pretty good line. I should really pull over and write this down. So I think I just generally go around, um, yeah, with this sense that, you know, a sense of expectation, let's say. And so I tend to write continuously and then when I think that, you know, a number of stories actually go together, usually based on theme or, you know, based on place, that's when I start to actually put them together. But um, there's no, I don't think there's really a sort of plotted sense of that at the beginning. I I don't think to myself, well, today I'd really like to write about the life and times of teachers in Western Sydney schools. It's just, yeah, the stories present themselves and I write them down. I don't think I'm a particularly analytical person. I think I tend to either really connect with something or it doesn't particularly interest me. So I think I tend to tell people that I have four interests in life and they're coffee books, travel and the Western Sydney Wanderers soccer team. And yeah, it's, um, those are things that are really, really important to me. Um, but it's not that I sit and think about their pros and their cons or themes or, you know, this does not actually really cross my mind. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Hi, it's Zoya here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Book It In with Yumna Kassab. Just before we jump back in, I want to remind you to follow and subscribe to Book It In on your podcast app. This means you'll get all our episodes when they come out. Okay, back to the conversation with Yumna. Something that I was wondering about as I read both of your works was how political you intend your work to be versus how political it might be 
um, seen to be. Because reading House of Yusuf, I thought to myself, well, when you're writing about characters who come um, from, you know, Western Sydney in a time when we talk a lot about the kind of the political status of somewhere like Western Sydney, does that make the work inherently political? Do you feel or do you expect your work to be taken in a political way when you write it or is that not something that factors into your thinking? No, I I don't tend to really see the stories in a really a political way. But I do also think that if a person is calling a book Australiana or they're naming it after a country, they're actually saying something uh, and that... um, it could be seen that, you know, this is how I'm actually presenting Australia. I think that at a very fundamental level, um, a lot of experiences are very universal. And it sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how there were a lot of aspects about Tamworth that really reminded me of, you know, the village that my parents came from in um, in Lebanon, that there is this sort of connectedness and um, there's this sense of being for a very long time in one place. And I think these are very, very universal things. And so I think that it's um, quite important to me to actually write about individuals and I hope that no matter whether it's House of Yusuf or Australiana, that a person, you know, there is a lot of variety in the books, that they do find something that resonates for them on a personal level. Let's unpack that a little bit further. When you say that there are kind of universal elements to things that you um, you see in where your parents are from in Lebanon versus um, Tamworth or other places, what what are some of those things? I, I do think that um, something that does pop up in quite a few of the stories it will come it will come up in you know project three project four is this sense that there might be a sort of local flavor to it but a lot of people do actually go through hardship um, and I think the thing that really struck me say with um, Australiana and that time in Tamworth was that well locally maybe the great hardship and it has very deep tentacles underground is the drought and there was this sort of complete oblivion whenever I'd come back to the city as to how that actually looks. So I do think, well, you know, that's not necessary. A drought is not something that would be really part of the conversation in a place like Lebanon. But people there are going through a very, very difficult time. But I think at a sort of emotional and very human level that whatever the source of the hardship is, that that is sort of experienced in a very universal way. Have you found the next thing that's um, occupying your mind that you think you might, you know, slowly form a constellation of stories around? I will actually, um, when Robert Watkins at Ultimo Press, when he actually took on Australiana, he did also take on project number three. And so that will hopefully, fingers crossed, be out next year. So it's done dusted as of June last year. So my mind has well and truly moved on to other things. And I've got this um, completely secretive way of never, ever talking about um, a book or a story in any way until it's literally published. I can now talk about Australiana because it is published, but anything that has not been, um, that has not yet been put in book form, I never speak about. Why is that? Um, I think it's about just giving myself probably the space and to write whatever it is I want. Um, And I think at the end of the day, um, if uh, my stories or my writing is never published, I completely intend to write every single day. So it's just about, I suppose, maintaining the ownership of of the actual writing. I can see why you might want to kind of hold that to yourself before it enters into the public world so you can kind of keep that 
for a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I think generally though, once I've actually written the stories and once I'm actually thinking about how to group them, and when it definitely comes to the typing, because I do handwrite my stories, but when it, once it comes to the typing stage, usually there's been a year or two years. You know, the Australiana stories, I think I started in um, in 2018 and they were completely done and dusted by the end of 2019. So there's a lot of distance. Um, so, yeah, by the time anything is going to be read by anyone else, there's been a lot of time and space and I've, yeah, moved on to hopefully the next thing. I can't believe that you also handwrite your stories. When I actually started this serious period of 18 years, I think it is, of writing. Um, there was a brief period probably of about two years when I just typed my stories straight away. But I felt that when it came to the actual editing that they needed, I needed to cut a lot, a lot more. Um, so these days I think that generally I try and just yeah, handwrite the story and Hopefully it's in a pretty polished state by the time I'm finished. I'm so impressed by that. Um, your hands must be like hands of steel. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to ask you, which is something that we're asking everyone now, um, about a book that you would recommend. So what's something that you've been reading that you'd love to yeah, recommend to other people? Uh, so I tend to read by by author. Um, so I had this massive, you know, Roberto Bolaño phase, which potentially I'm moving on from, but I'm not sure. Um, but there are these two books that, yeah, completely blew me away. Um, so uh, Isabel Allende, I've read uh, her two memoirs, I think Paula and My Invented Country, and then more recently I read um, her first book of fiction, The House of Spirits, and I felt personally betrayed by that book. But, yeah, I was greatly affected by it and, you know, she I think tells a story very well in terms of about a family but also about the country. Uh, so I really love I really love that book. And then the other one, which I think every writer should definitely read, is The Kiss of the Spider Woman by Manuel Puig. Uh, I think the thing that really impressed me is that it really expands the, you know, possibilities of the novel. It's these two men in a prison cell in Argentina, probably in the 1970s, who are sitting just having a discussion. And I think structurally and on a technical level, it's a very difficult thing to pull off to make a novel very interesting just with dialogue. And that's a, yeah, that book completely blew me away and I really want to read it again just to figure out how he did it. Hey, thank you so much. This has been really, really fun. And yeah, I hope we can stay in touch. It's been awesome getting to know you a bit. Thank you so much. It's been great to actually talk about this. Yumna Kassab is the author of Australiana, published by Ultimo Press. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Jane Lee, Joey Watson, and Daniel Simo. The executive producers are Gabrielle Jackson and Miles Martignoni. I'm Zoya Patel. Thanks for listening to Book It In. Remember to subscribe and follow us on your podcast app, and we'll be back with another new episode next week. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading.